Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Nick Longo Show. So I realize in this podcast so far, I've talked a lot about my past experience with podcasts, one in particular being the podcast called This Catholic Life, which I had four episodes of with my friend Josh Kay, and we had a good time with that before my life kind of gotten to a lot of chaotic changes and things that led me to not complete and continue with that podcast. But I realized that some of you might be finding me for the first time and have no context of what this Catholic life is. You can still go check that out still on all the podcasting platforms. But I wanted to share with you one of my favorite episodes from that podcast. It was episode number three with Father Jason Hage, and we interviewed him about his Catholic life and how he lived it. So this is episode number three of This Catholic Life. I hope you still like it, and um, you can learn more about my past in podcasting. Here it is. It's just one of those things when I think about authenticity is don't try to mimic anyone and what your Catholic life looks like. Because I think we imagine what a good Catholic Christian life looks like. We, we try to imagine what it means for me to be a saint. And then you realize what God idea is for you to be a saint is totally different from your idea. Because holiness for God is his work. It's not ours. It's his effort, not mine. All I have to do is cooperate. Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life. This is a life that's inspiring. It's a life that's exciting. It's a life that you can change the world with. How are you going to live this Catholic life? Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life. We're really excited to be joined by um, a priest in the Diocese of Syracuse, Father Jason Hage. And uh, Father, thank you so much for this bump, for being with us and joining us uh, uh, on our podcast. Thanks, Big Dog. I'm totally pumped about this interview. Yeah, it's, you know, it's something that when we were talking about this Catholic life, we were really excited to bring in a perspective of not only two just guys on fire for their faith, but other people with different stories and different roles. And who better to bring in than an awesome, you know, rock solid priest who works with, with kids as young as kindergartners to parishioners at your parish at Holy Family in Syracuse who are, you know, in their 80s and 90s. So uh, we're happy to have you and we're excited to uh, to learn a little bit more about your story. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, and I, I think you for sure have to say some things that impress us. <laughs> that's your classic line that I love so much. That's the audience, I right? I said that to impress you, and uh, I'm excited for whatever they're, they're drink waiting, waiting to drop tonight They're on this waiting podcast. for that one aha moment from you. But uh, let's actually start before you became a priest. You know, when you were in high school growing up as a kid and then even in college, where was your faith life and how active were you in trying to live out... God's call? It's a good question. So when I was in high school, especially early high school, my faith didn't mean anything to me. Right. Because I thought going to Mass was like watching paint dry. <laughs> um, so I would just go there because my parents said this is important. And thank God that they taught us that from a young age that we always make time for God because He's the source right. of all blessing. But in high school, I just really had trouble relating to God because I didn't know Him personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I would go to Mass, I would just sit there like, I know there's something to this, but I almost felt like I was on the outside looking in, right. um, not really knowing what it's all about, until I was a junior in high school and had my first personal encounter with Christ because I was reading a, which I 
was never a great reader in high school. Mm-hmm. I, I was more of a Cliff Notes person. That's it. Um, Me too. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was the first time I picked up a book because I was at a point in my life where I was at, like a big crossroads because I was involved with our varsity hockey team mm-hmm. and uh, they were already living a lifestyle that was very inviting. You know, and, and I was kind of like resisting for quite some time because I made the team as a freshman mm-hmm. and I had resisted for a couple of years at that point. But at the time I was a junior, I was like, all right, maybe I should just stop resisting and just go for this lifestyle. But I noticed that a lot of my buddies who had already chosen that lifestyle years before uh, were walking down a road that didn't really seem to promise all that much happiness mm-hmm. or fulfillment. Um, so I said, well, before I go this road, let me try this God thing out, you know? <laughs> and God, for me, was much more like this just amorphous creature in the sky. It could be a bowl of spaghetti. I don't know. I didn't really know how to relate to God. I didn't know how to talk to him, you know? So I remember I was at this this crossroads just feeling like, you know, I didn't really know where my life was going or what the meaning of it was going to be. So I just said, God, you know, first time I ever prayed in my life, I just knelt down in my room and said, God, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're about. Um, don't know what you... What your plan is for my life, you know, but I just want to give you a shot. Mm-hmm. I said, the next couple of weeks is yours. And he didn't speak to me in like visions or a big thing or anything, but it was like the people he sent to me in the next couple of weeks, he was speaking loudly and clearly to me through them. And it just kept, stuff just kept happening where I felt like my heart was being drawn into this encounter. So I pick up this book. It's uh, the biography of St. Francis of Assisi. And by the end of it, it was the first time when I completed the book, it hit me so hard, like a, like a ton of bricks mm-hmm. falling on my head. You know, it's hard to miss. Um, that God knows me, he loves me, he knows me by name, he knows me personally. And it was just like, whew, just wrecked my life in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. And so after that moment, just, just my whole life changed. Pretty freaking solid, man. And um, so you guys won state championship, right? We did, yeah. <laughs> junior. So we won two sectional titles and a state title at the time I was a junior. That's awesome. In high school. And uh, and, yeah. and you became captain at a pretty young age. Is that right? Well, that was later in college. Oh, that was yeah, Okay, yeah, so I'm jumping yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I carried on just into club hockey in college and was yeah. to be captain of that team as well. But yeah, my senior year in high school was so funny. Like, my buddy started to notice I was just acting differently. Right. And my family especially knew I was acting differently because my younger brother and sister were like, wow, you're actually fun to be around now. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? Because I didn't think I was, like, a mean person. They're like, no, yeah. like, just the way I was enjoying life sure. was, like, there was a market difference. And uh, so people just saw me doing and saying things that there was just this joy. Right. Well, I think that's I think that's a, an interesting point because I think a lot of times um, this life that you talked about that you could have chosen to go down is very attractive to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and especially even if you've chosen, you know, to live for God, you still have those pressures because you're not going to stop playing sports or you're not going to stop you know being involved. How did that? Was it a struggle for you after, you know, you, you had this aha moment uh, in college, it, throughout the rest of high school? Like, w- like, was there, like, some tension back and forth that, you know, was like, I've done this, I know this is right, but there's still this over here, and it continues to push? 
Well, even today as a Catholic priest, I still experience that tension. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the worldly life is very attractive, and there's still a part of me that desires that. Right. But I think that's the whole point of redemption is that we'll feel that tension to the end of our days. It's just about what we're choosing on a daily basis. It's all about our choice. Our choice makes us who we are. Right. Peter Kreef said that the, uh, you know, the way that God, God treats our free will, it's almost like the sculpture itself sculpts itself by its own choices. Just like, you know, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just think that tension's always been there, and always will be, uh, you know, till the end of my days. Right. Absolutely. That's cool. So, now take us into your your college life. What you went to Xavier? Yeah, Xavier University in Cincinnati. What brought you? Just hockey or uh, financial scholarship? Nice. That's pretty much it. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. Yep. Applied, uh, my dream school was Boston College. Got rejected, but I got accepted to some other really cool schools. But it was just that financial aid package that uh, brought me there. So, uh, so I went to Xavier. It was nine hours away from my house by by car. Uh, so I was definitely taking a little bit of a leave of faith. But when I got there, I just said, Lord, I don't know what you got planned for me in my college years, because I still was learning about my faith. I didn't know that much about it. All I knew is that I loved God and I wanted to continue to grow my faith. So I just said, Lord, I consecrate these four years to you. I had no idea what that meant, consecrate. Yeah. It was like a consecrate. It was a dangerous prayer, because yeah. <laughs> within that year, I met four other students who shared my vision of what Catholic young adult life could look like on the college campus. Mm. And uh, that five group of five students that started that year just praying together once a week. Also, by the time I was a senior, we had over 50 active members. It was officially recognized as a student group on campus called Life of Your Sunday. Yeah. We had a Catholic men's house, Catholic women's house, events six nights a week, and we just were on fire. Campus was on fire. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't have any idea that all that stuff would occur. It's not even something that I was necessarily looking to do. Right. It just presented itself one at a time, these different opportunities to share my faith and to grow in my faith with others. So That's pretty awesome. I, Your story always kind of reminds me of uh, Pier Giorgio Frassati. Mm-hmm. My confirmation saying, cause they used to always say that before they do anything, like they go out hiking or do something, he'd be like, you know, we're going to go pray before we go to that or we're going to go to Mass or something yeah. and then just people had a blast and it's cool you can see like pictures of them like carrying like jugs of wine down the street to a party and then like he's going and stopping with all these people to like go pray he's such a cool guy yeah and that's the thing is like you know it's just people always thought we were the holy rollers you know right until you got to meet us and realized that we just had as much, if not more fun yeah, than right. any other college right. student. We actually put our Catholic men's house right in the middle of the biggest party section of the school. <laughs> That's so awesome. We're, we were surrounded by like these just amazing party homes. <laughs> and then you had us and we would host our own parties, but there'd be no alcohol. Yeah. So people come in, they're like, yo, where's the drinks? And I'm like, well, we have Kool-Aid, we have lemonade, <laughs> we have Arnold Palmer, whatever you want. Um, but like we'd be out on the porch like every weekend just enjoying time so much together but all of it was just based on like this natural inner like connection that would happen because we were choosing to pray together so like the prayer would happen and then eventually you'd want to get to know the person that you're praying with sure and the connections that were made there were just so much deeper than any other friendship that people would know that's awesome yeah so college happens and you know you're firing up this university 
When was the moment where you knew God was calling you to something more, to something like the priesthood? Was it in college? Was it after college? Like, where was that moment? And when did you when did you say yes? So the first time it popped in my head was the end of my senior year of high school. But as me, as like soon as it came in my head, I was just like, no, like no, like no, no, no. exactly. Yeah. I was like, no, like I was like, God, you're great. Faith is great. Like changed my life. But like, I'm not gonna become a fanatic. You know, like that just seems way too much. Because that just it was it. God always dreams of dream bigger than anything I could ever make up for myself. Mm. So when people are like, if you have a dream for your life, like great, but God's gonna blow it out of the water and it's gonna be so much better. Yeah. So yeah. like, if you would have told me. When I was a junior in high school, I'd be a Catholic priest someday. I would have laughed you out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, there's no, it, it's not even possible. You right. know, because I never saw myself as priest material, mm-hmm. you right. know. Um, but as I went through college, it would like, it was like this light knocking on the heart, you know, and it just wouldn't go away. Yeah. And uh, I'd try to push it away. And like in the Catholic young adult group that I was involved with, there's like a lot of like really, really Catholic, you know, good-looking young women there and <laughs> yeah. like we'd pray together and like half the time like look over and I was like I wonder if she likes me like you know so like this is like one of those things so like I'd try to push it away but it just right. it just remained with me and it was never like oppressive it never caused me like anxiety it was just like I just didn't want it yeah and then my junior year when I was in my Catholic men's house we'd pray together regularly and then have meals together and then towards the end of my junior year my my group of buddies I was living with, there was like five of them, they sat me down, they're like, so how long are you gonna run? <laughs> I was like, run from what? <laughs> and they're like, come on man, everybody knows, like, we think you have a vocation, you really need to take it seriously. Yeah. And I was like, oh, got me. <laughs> so I started being a spiritual director on campus, and over the period of a year of spiritual direction, that's when I felt more and more that I had to take the next step. Right. But this is the trick, is people were like, oh, so you want to be a priest, you know that. And I was like, no, actually I don't. I just know God wants me to take the next step to apply to seminary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my thing was, I was bartering with God. I was like, okay, I'll give you two years the most in seminary. And then like, we're done, I gave it a try. <laughs> then I can like get out of here and like do my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. But clearly God won. <laughs> You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's the color. <laughs> I just always have this 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 vision of God looking down at everyone's life and kind of having a laugh where everyone thinks I know what's best for me and He's like, I'm just gonna make it that much better for you and you have no idea and this is kind of funny because you think you're gonna win but you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. One of my favorite memories in seminary was when I was getting like two years in everything was going so well and it fit like a shoe I was like actually upset at God because <laughs> I remember going before him and I'm just like I in the blessed sacrament in front of the, in the blessed sa- we have like an adoration room in seminary and I went in there and I just was like kind of like in a funny way like a hu- you know, humorous way mm-hmm. I was just like God like you don't know what you're doing when you're saying you choose me <laughs> I was like I just I'm not convinced you're like you really know and I was like are you sure are you sure you want you want this I was like you want to take this on this mess you know um, but I feel like him and I had a lot of good laughs together in those years of discernment because yeah. Uh, yeah just that idea of God having a sense of humor and how he dreams for us is yeah. it's big for me so yeah. take me through the day of your ordination when you you know laid down your life for, for God for the church what was that day like for you so clearly for me it was like the best day ever but it wasn't like um what you would think it would be in the sense of I always imagined my ordination to the priesthood and the days following to be something leading up to that moment 
but then they end up being something totally different and even better. Right. So, like, you can only imagine what your life would be like as a priest, but until you get in it and then you realize what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to describe to people what it actually is until you're in it. Yeah. So, like, that day of my ordination, um, it just seemed like it wasn't real. You know, I show up in a cathedral where the whole thing's, like, you know, full. And it's it's like all people. Yeah, you were there. That's right. Um, I think I saw you, like, fist pumping in the bag. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> but uh, I looked around, and it's like all these people from every stage of my life were there who had, like, educated me. You know, taught me how to live, how to work, how to pray, how yeah. to, right. and like they're all in one building together. Yeah. And then like, boom, God's there, like, and you realize He's been like putting this whole thing together mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah. And then like each of these people who helped me become the man I am today and the priest I am today are like all in one space, and it just like blows my mind because you realize how much of a master craftsman yeah. God the Father really is. It's powerful. Were all those guys that uh, sat you down at your men's house at college there? They were all there. <laughs> they, you know, two of the guys did the readings for the ordination wow. mass. And, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, they were all there. And then for my first mass, same thing. There, more of them yeah. were involved with that first mass, but Damn. they were all part of it in a big that's way. Awesome. Yeah. That's super <laughs> one of the questions that has come up for us in a couple of these other podcasts that we've done, and I think it applies, and maybe that's just kind of the general question that we've asked people is this idea of living an authentic Catholic life, uh, there's been, it's been kind of twofold. There's been this comparison between living authentically and living kind of a plagiarized life, mm-hmm. where we know what's right and we think we're doing what's right, but we're putting a mask on. Where do you fall in terms of how people get there and how they kind of turn back to just being authentic and just living that fullness of, of God's plan for them? Absolutely. So I always turn my attention to the idea of, like, the life of saints. So we all read the lives of saints. If you haven't, you have to because it's like... Yeah. Major key is DJ Come on, like, read the life of the saints. I've read many lives of the saints, many different types of saints, all these different things. And in reading all that and then living my own life and how I respond to God's grace, I realize that I can't mimic another saint. Yeah, because the saint I'm called to be is so unique that I can't compare myself to somebody else you know and I think that goes for anybody who's called to holiness like each of us each of you is called to be a saint in such a unique way that there will be no like you know, oh yeah, like, well, that's my spirituality. Like, I never found myself in a spirituality camp where somebody's like, I'm Franciscan, I'm Dominican, I'm Carmelite. I'm like, I'm just me. <laughs> because the way I relate to God is so unique. Like, I mm-hmm. I only know how to do that because that's who God created me. It's like, just like as, as unique as a thumbprint is, is as unique as how we communicate to God in prayer. Yeah. Like, nobody can replicate how God calls me or you to communicate with Him. So it's just one of those things when I think about authenticity is don't try to mimic anyone and what your Catholic life looks like. Because I think we imagine what a good Catholic Christian life looks like. We, we try to imagine what it means for me to be a saint. And then you realize what God idea is for you to be a saint is totally different from your idea. Because holiness for God is his work. Mm-hmm. It's not ours. It's his effort not mine. All I have to do is cooperate. 
Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so, with, so with that, I don't think we're going to top that. We'll, we'll move into the favorite section that Nick and I like to do at the end of, of these podcasts. So we like to kind of do rapid fire. So we're just going to ask you a few questions about yourself, things you like, things maybe that I don't know that you don't like. Just the first thing that comes to your mind, just go with it, and uh, we'll learn a little bit more about what it is to uh, be Father Jason. Nick. Start us off. So, um, most awkward moment as a priest. <laughs> Is that even a question? <laughs> Dude, my whole life's an awkward moment. <laughs> That's awesome. But I embrace the awkwardness. <laughs> that works. I, I can take that answer. Oh, okay. I love it. Uh, here's, here's, here's an easier one for you. Uh, favorite movie? Oh, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Ice cream. Favorite ice cream. Favorite ice cream. Lactose intolerant. Ooh. Now we know. Frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> that's still. Uh, favorite sports team. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I always love the underdog. You always love the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> Going around the questions. I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. You ask another question. I don't have one. Favorite saint? Oh, um, that's also a tough one. Mm-hmm. I got to give the Blessed Mother the first place on this one. Awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, favorite month? March, my birth month. A word. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> favorite subject in school? History. Yeah. I loved history. I history was awesome. History, oh, yeah. yeah. Favorite big Catholic word because I want you to impress me. Uh, it'd be the Greek word hapax legomenon. What? It means that it's a word in scripture that only occurs once in scripture in the Greek. Whoa. Wait, say it again. It's a word in scripture that only occurs once in scripture in Greek. Yeah, but what is it called? Hapax legomenon. <laughs> Said that to impress you. Yeah. <laughs> On that, we'll end it with that. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, just, you know, talk with us and just give us an insight about, you know, living your Catholic life and what it means to be a priest and just what it mean, just means to be a, a son of God. And we appreciate the time and uh, we hope there's more to come. But uh, best of luck in the future and, and everything that you got going on. And um, we know there'll be uh, a new assignment for you here in the Diocese of Syracuse. So uh, we'll, we'll say a, a few prayers for uh, for its success. And we just thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. You're the best. You're the best. Check in for more of uh, this Catholic Life podcast in the next couple of weeks with more interviews and uh, exciting things going on. Awesome. Sweet. Crush it, Josh. Crush it. Y'all crush it. Y'all crush it. Thank you all for listening to another episode of This Catholic Life. If you enjoyed the show, or even if you didn't, go and write us a review and let us know what your thoughts are. You can also go and find us online on social media at Facebook and Instagram at This Catholic Life. We'll see you on another episode. Thanks so much. Have a great day and know we'll be praying for you. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Nick Longo Show. It's a throwback episode to This Catholic Life with Father Jason Hage. I love that episode, and I just think that he struck home so well on 
how to live an authentic Catholic life. And that was just a really powerful thing about that episode that I loved. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, The Nick Longo Show, where everything that I did with this Catholic life podcast is going to be picked up and moved forward going going on. And there you go. Now you have some context of what that was. If you've never heard of This Catholic Life, you just listen to one of our awesome episodes with Father Jason Hage. Write a review and share it with some friends. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. It means the world to me. Anyways, we'll see you on another episode of The Nick Longo Show.